Today we are talking to Brad Brown, the CTO of Onimata, and we discuss using data to find your tribe, how Brad was ahead of his time with Independent Nation, and why it's better to get money from customers over investors. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. So I got to ask, how do you say the name of this company? Onimata. And everyone in the world says one matter, right? Exactly. You got it. <laughs> how did that come about? It, uh, you know, we were looking for uh, names that, uh, you know, were six, seven characters, somewhere in there, .com was uh, the main thing. And, uh, you know, just kind of searching around, ended up going to all different languages to try to figure out languages that would actually uh, work and that, uh, you know, we could find a .com for and uh, came up with uh, Maori, the New Zealand uh, tribe, and found a lot of words that matched in that genre. So just started playing with those and, you know, put them up on the board and Onimata was the one that stuck. So what does it mean? It means rich, fertile soil. Ooh. So do you work primarily from home? No, I do have an office at home, but uh, we have an office in downtown Denver. Ooh, very cool. How did you choose Denver? So the way we uh, started Onimata was that uh, a friend of mine had started a business here uh, in town. He's been in the staffing business forever and uh, been my best friend for probably 20 years and never been in business together. And he had his own uh, location. He's right uh, downtown, right? It's perfect location, right in the center of downtown. And he had started a staffing firm for salespeople. And, uh, you know, he kept telling me how he wanted to have something differentiated. And so, well, you know, hey, I've got uh, this technology I've had I've had it in different forms for a long time. We probably, I should probably demo it for you. So I came in and demoed it to he and his partner. And they said, oh man, let's incorporate that into what we're doing and kind of change the whole vision of what the company did that confused the heck out of people. And uh, because, you know, we were staffing and we had software and, you know, where are we a CRM? And so we ended up splitting the two companies up and, you know, the office space was, we're just in his office space. So we've got the use of his CFO, his HR, his space works great. And then are you guys a big fan of Slack? We are. I can tell. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I hear that. Whenever I hear that little yeah. ticket, 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 I'm like, oh, yep. they like Slack. Yep. That's good to be able to communicate, right? Well, communication is key to life, right? It is. You just ask my wife, she'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> so what exactly does, so this like um, fertilizes soil or what type of, what does this onemata do? Exactly. Fertilizes soil. Yeah. So, um, you know, we like to say that we're in the divining motivated prospects business, which basically means that we're working to make the unknown known so our customers can get their cherished products and services into the hands of those who need and want their offerings. In other words, you know, we're trying to find your, who do you call next? And, uh, you know, this is a problem that I had, you know, if you, if you go back in time, you know, I had an Oracle consulting firm and I, I've been a mentor a bunch of, you know, over, over a long time 
with uh, different businesses. And, you know, I was in Founders Institute and I, I uh, was a professor at the University of Denver and people always, you know, in all these different businesses are like, well, how do, how do I find my customers? How do I go out there and find whether it was, you know, restaurants they were looking for or, you know, in the uh, sprinkler people, you, you name it. People are always kind of asking me that question. How do I find all those people? And, um, you know, I, I had written a bunch of software over time that, you know, from Android apps that uh, were available for, you know, to find the nearest Panera or Starbucks or whatever you wanted to find to um, then, you know, taking, taking that and evolving it over time. When, when I started in Televideo, the video on demand company, uh, we needed to find people who had video content and um, wanted to be able to monetize that content. And so, you know, this software had evolved over time to be able to find any company and then read through their website and find things that they're talking about. So if you take Ratio is a good example, they're a company here in town, they, they have an irrigation system. Uh, think of it like your Rainbird that works for your iPhone. Mm-hmm. And so what we did for Ratio is, you know, we, we were able to go out and find all the guys who talk about sprinklers and irrigation in the United States. There are about 200,000 of those people out there. But what they care about are only the people who really talk about water conservation. That was kind of one of their key triggers. So, you know, we read through all the websites of all the sprinkler guys in the country, the 200,000 of them. And then, you know, we have a algorithm that allows you to put uh, weight and, you know, increase score on different words and phrases and, uh, or things you care about, technologies they use, whatever it happens to be. And then it tells you, okay, you're, you guys are going down to Dallas, Fort Worth next week. Here are the top 10 people you should talk to while you're there. Uh, so it's like, one mata, like find your tribe. That's a good one. I like that. It's kind of what you're doing, right? You're kind of finding yeah. your, your tribe, your group of people, you know? Probably going to use that one. That's good. It's all yours, man. <laughs> <laughs> all, all free. No worries. Thanks. I love it. I, it's like I spend a lot of my life learning and consolidating information, and then I make it simple for me to remember, and sometimes it makes for some good one-liners. Right. That's great. Because Jake later will be like, oh, we're, we're doing the production schedule for review. And I was like, oh, who's the Find Your Tribe guy? He's like, <laughs> oh, that's Brad Brennan. He's like, we put him out? Yeah, yeah, let's go. That's right. So Awesome. I like what you're doing and only because uh, I believe that it's effective and useful in the market because we have so much information to sift through and contact databases aren't the way you, you can find your tribe. However, it is a good way to start with a list of websites to go scan. Right? right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we find the companies as the first point and then, yeah, they, they always want to find contact data uh, or almost always. I mean, we're, we're able to get the uh, uh, phone number and email addresses. We can scrape those off the website of uh, at the company level. But what people typically want is, you know, the VP of marketing or specific contact people. So, it turns out that there are hundreds of data providers out there. We've talked to, I think, pretty much every one of them. And and then we partnered with them and we just call their API and we say, hey, for xyz.com, we look, we need the marketing guy. And then we do that for uh, a whole bunch of them and give a confidence score and say, yeah, all these people say that 
this is the right email for this person. And so, you know, we, we basically get the contact data from data partners. Yeah. That's like the way to do it because a decade ago, you'd have to have data teams go manually do it. And I noticed all these about three or four years, well, about two years ago, I actually noticed that you can get this data through APIs and I, I was so happy. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. It's a beautiful thing. The other really interesting thing is that there's this, uh, I don't know if it's consortium or what you'd call it, but uh, common crawl. So these guys have uh, scraped all the data for, um, they read every website uh, out there and then uh, they store it. And so there's petabytes of data out there available and you can get access to it. Amazon publishes it on S3. So you have access to that data too. So I just started working with reading off of, you know, that data set rather than going to each of the individual sites. Cause that, that's a fairly time consuming process. You know, when you have 200,000 websites to read through, it's limited by your bandwidth. Whereas right. Now is this you know, um, common crawl? Is common crawl built off of the uh, Wayback machine data? It, you know, it is the, um, I think it's the other way around, but, uh, oh, really? yeah, the, yeah, Wayback uh, uses the common crawl data set. Oh, wow. Yeah, they probably just split off, right? Or had an early partnership or something because they've been, Wayback Machine has been around for a long time. It has been. Yeah, I always wondered that. How how the heck, where are they storing all this data? Because it's a lot, of, a lot of data. Yeah, I can go back and look at all my companies, what they look like in 1994. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, we know we have a couple of friends over at Amazon and uh, I was talking with them about how their internal structure is set up and it's really unique because they all, like all their products kind of operate like as independent distributed teams, which is really smart <laughs> because I mean, that's how you scale code systems, right? It's like, that's how you, I guess you would yep. scale all systems. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah, they, they have a number of public data sets like that. And, you know, back when I was in the real estate valuation business, all of the counties used to publish all of their, you know, assessor data and make it available. It'd be great if somebody rolled that up and put it into an Amazon data set because there are companies that charge a fortune to get that publicly available data. Yeah, there's a lot. It's interesting, the world that we live in now with this whole data didn't exist, now data does exist. And now we're in this interesting transition of everything from governments trying to open source taxpayer data, right, because we pay for it. So we should have access to it. And right. there's all of these these data. We're like in data puberty right now, right? <laughs> we really are. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So I'm interested. I'm excited. I'm interested to get to watch it play out. And I'm also excited for it to be a, a solved problem because I want, I'm excited for the next problem. Like how we condense the AR into normal set of glasses into just your body organically. That's that's exciting. Right. I think that'll happen in my Super lifetime. Too. So I, mean, I think so. I think you're probably right. From autonomous vehicles to you name it, right? Well, if you think about it like this, um, you know, we didn't have electricity until about 130 years ago, and there are people that are 100 years old. So yep. I mean, you know, going from electricity to where we are today with the number of satellites in space, I mean, I mean, just it's a lot to take in to think about no electricity. You know, like 130 <laughs> years ago, right? And we were around, we were like prancing around for a while here on the on this planet. We just just got it 130 years ago, and look what look at look how many satellites we have. I mean, we have pollution problems in our uh, 
satellite space with orbiting stuff, right? We have like international treaties for space debris and everything like that. There's thousands and thousands of satellites up in this, up in the, um, in orbit. Right. So it's just so exactly. interesting. And then, and then I'll have a conversation. I'll say, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in my early thirties. By the time I'm 60, we'll definitely have that completely organic VR type situation where I don't have to, you know, actually go type in Google. I can just think about it and the results will display to me somehow. That's completely possible in 30 years. If you look at how everything's advancing so fast. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder how that uh, will affect Alzheimer's. And if you don't have to think about a lot of things, does it cause atrophy, brain atrophy or the other way around stimulation? Right. Right. A little bit of both, you know, and then the biggest question everyone's going to be asking is, will your CEO still have search engine optimization problems given his name is Will Smith? (laughs) Will will that just completely resolve itself or (laughs) will you have a whole new world of problems? That's right. Yeah. That's that's a that's a challenging name to have in a day of internet, right? You know, one thing he's always said is that uh, people take his calls. Oh, you see, there's always the the, the pros, right? Right. Hey, this is Will Smith calling. Uh, the Will Smith, of the course. The Will Smith. I was born yes. this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. So, how big is your team? Like, where are you going? How are you growing? Like. Are you dominating your world right now? What's the... We are completely dominating our world. We, uh, you know, I like to start with a small team and, you know, I've, I've gone both ways. I, I've, uh, you know, built, a, basically gone out, raised money, and then you overbuild the team. Uh, you spend a bunch of money frivolously and, uh, you know, you think you're going to get to the finish line faster, but, uh, you know, the you can't have, nine women can't have a baby in a month. I mean, that... So you, you literally, you know, when, when you're, you know, racing to get there and, and I, you know, I learned this back when I was at Oracle, the, you know, when, when we had a project, uh, you know, you can only go so fast. And so my preference is really bootstrap efforts, which means you're, you're very efficient uh, monetarily. And, uh, you know, I, I've always felt that the best organizations and the, the best companies are those who are poor and you can't spend a bunch of money. So you, you just are very efficient. So what we have in terms of team is we have Will, who's our CEO. We use uh, his space, CFO, HR, um, all, all of those uh, services. And then, uh, you know, Will, Will has a bunch of other companies that uh, he runs and manages. And so, you know, we'll get him for uh, some period of time and then he goes and works on all the all the other stuff much like probably yourself in terms of what uh, you were working on then I'm the tech guy building out all the every everything 100% uh, me I don't have any any other people teams um, I was I was doing 100% of the business for the first I think it was till April of this year and uh, you know from sales to uh, development to you, you name it, working with basically with Will, uh, on, on that. Then, uh, we hired, uh, someone for sales, Mike, and, uh, Mike is kicking butt on, on the sales front. And, and then once we had enough customers, we decided to hire an onboarding person and Allison is, uh, running, 
the onboarding and you know that again was removing sales from me was phenomenal because then didn't have to I still have to be on some of the strategic sales calls but don't have to be out there selling day to day and uh and I didn't you know I don't, now I don't have to be on the onboarding discussions figuring out uh you know what what it is that people want to search for what kind of companies what do they want to eliminate how do they want to sort rank search all that stuff so um so Allison uh, takes care of that that's our team we'll probably you know keep it that way for for a while the will has decided that uh our next hire is going to be a professional comedian oh nice and so you know uh you know we're Seinfeld living in this world. Or... that would be great yeah. yeah to go with will smith yeah there you go see will smith and jerry seinfeld just like that's, that's right. a new rule at the company it makes you know talent acquisition extraordinarily difficult but worth it it, it does worth it. right totally worth it yeah so yeah, he, you know, we're living in this stodgy world of data. And, you know, when you look at all the companies out there, there's so many people that are you know, selling lists and we're really trying to have a differentiated approach to how we go about finding your next customers. And you give us your customer list, we'll load it up. We'll find other people who are in the same industry that are talking about similar things. And so we're, we're really trying to do it differently. So, you know, if you look at the website, they, you know, a surfer guy, completely different uh, approach to uh, that. The, if you look at uh, our marketing material, hats, shirts, all that kind of stuff, Will has got a real flair for design. And, um, you know, he's really, he's got a great vision for, you know, where, where we're going to go. If you look at the logo, you know, our, our so our bet, um, neither of us have any tattoos, but our, our uh, bet to ourselves was that if we hit a hundred million uh, exit that uh, we each had to get a tattoo. And so hence the logo, you know, we, we picked a, a uh, logo that would look good as a tattoo. That's the standard. Like I've read in a lot of business books, that's how you're supposed to design a logo. That's yeah. 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 That, that's what they say. That's like, the, <laughs> no, I love it though. You okay. can always, you can I escape with the, I'm just kidding. You can always escape with like the henna tattoo, right? You're like, oh, no, uh, I, I don't think Will's going to let me get away with that. No, mm -mm. maybe black light tattoo. Uh, <laughs> there, there are the ones that was, that was something I came up with years ago was the whole idea of uh, tattoos that you could remove. Cause most people uh, rethink their re, rethink their ink right so um the uh but somebody has one that uh you actually if you basically put uh some sort of light on it it uh, breaks it down just enough so that your body absorbs it and takes it away well, so you could, you could do that kind of tattoo that, that would be the right kind of tattoo for sure i can see you've researched this <laughs> <laughs> like i gotta find the i gotta find the solution well long ago i, I was like yeah, why why do people get tattoos that you know, the, the eagle that looks like the parrot after a while. Yeah. Well, I think it started with like the tribal stuff, but the, uh, it did. Yeah. We, I'll get the, I'll get a lip disc for you guys. If you guys hit a hundred million, <laughs> I, I will get the wow. little lip tribe lip disc. It will only wow. be, uh, two millimeters in diameter. That's really small, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It'll be two millimeters in diameter. diameter. It'll be one of those invisible ones, but I will okay. get it. The, the sport. No, I love, I love that you guys start, Look, I, I'm a firm believer in the pretty much the only way to start would be a small group of people putting it together. 
and being cash flow positive and then growing from your cash flow, anything else is like cheating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, we, we, uh, Will and I talk to a ton of people from a business advising standpoint, people looking for money and, you know, we, we sit and listen and then most of the time, oh, you know, what's great is you don't need money. And they look at you, no, no, I'm here because I, I was hoping I could get some you know, money to help. No, no. Listen, here's why you don't need money. Get money from customers. It's way better. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's way easier to get money. It's from, look, a lot of the people I see that do the investment thing and they, they really need it, it's because they're not as creative as they could be. Because here's why. So if you want, like somebody says, oh, how do you start a company without money? Well, the first thing is you create something that's valuable enough people will give you money for it. Yeah. Right. So that, you're, that just axes out like 50% of the ideas right there. Right. <laughs> so make sure somebody will actually give you money for it. And then how do you, how do you prove that? You go to potential customers and you say, hey, is this enough of a problem you would give us money? If they say, yes, it's an amazing, it's a huge problem. We have that problem every day. I'm so glad you're solving it. Here's some money. We'll be your first customer, you know, to help you solve it, right? If they, yep. and you go to maybe 20 companies, right? If you get it where like all 20 or all 100 companies are saying like, no, this isn't a big enough problem. No, we're not going to give you money. Or they say, yeah, it's a big problem, but no, we're not going to give you money. It, your idea is not good enough. You need an idea that's so good that company after company you go to and they're like, yes, we'll give you money for that. Yes, here's some money for that. And then you just pre-sell your product with your first customers, you know, as long as you have like a little prototype. But you said you had a prototype and you showed Will and stuff, right? So yeah. you pre-sell your first customers and then you operate off of your limited cash flow until you deliver the product and then you deliver this product because you're not having to even sell if you get first couple customers to front your first, you know, year of stuff. And then you add in people and you already, the great thing about this model is you already know that you're going to have a whole market that actually has this problem and is willing to pay money for it. Not, I was out with my friends last night and we had this great idea and we think that there should be an app that does this. Give me $250,000. We're going to build a prototype. I'm going to have a thousand people test it and we'll see where it goes. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah, not happening. No, you're speaking my language there. I mean, we, that's a hundred percent of, you know, we, we listen to different things. We listened to a guy last week and he's like, well, let's see. I, I came up with this idea. This is what I'm going to do. You know, well, great. How much are you going to charge? I'm going to charge, you know, $8,000 a year. Okay, great. Um, how much is it going to cost you to build it? Well, I found somebody to build it for eight grand. Great. So you definitely don't need money. Go, you know, have, is there anybody out there who is interested in, you know, paying the, uh, yearly fee up front. Well, I don't know. Um, okay, well, go talk to a few and find out. And so, you know, he did, he came back. Oh yeah. They, they signed up on the spot. Great. Great. Do it and, again. And so what's his <laughs> next question? So are, are you guys willing to fund me now? Uh, you don't what? need money. No, but I, I, I do. I, I, I need it to do marketing. I need to hire a sales guy. No, you're the sales guy. You go, sell it. You aren't doing the development. So, you know, get, go pre-sell this to a whole bunch of people. It's exactly right. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I, I know a lot of businesses do take, you know, a lot of money to kind of get going, but, and sometimes people don't have the luxury 
of being able to work on it. Uh, well, this is new, Brad. Like th- this wasn't happening as much in the seventies. True. This this is like a new thing because everyone got sees the how much money the technology is making, and so you get the greed on both sides. You get the investors that want to give a bunch of people money so they can make a bunch of money. And you get the people who see that the investors are handing out cash. So they say, what's their prereq to stand in that line and get a, a chunk of cash, right? So it's yep. just kind of like a, it's an everybody's, it's a culture thing that's happening right now and we're watching it happen. But there, this wasn't happening like at this scale with this popularity in the 70s and 80s. This is a new that's true. 2000s. And, yeah, and the interesting thing too is that it's it's so much easier um, on so many regards, right? Because like when I started uh, in Telerail, it was 2005 timeframe and, and uh, you know, we were going to be the most accurate property valuation engine in the country. So, you know, that meant that I had to take all of the data of, from every county in the United States and, you know, put it together and, and there's 110 million homes in the United States. So, you know, load that stuff up and, and basically, you know, run it through, um, you know, some sort of, um, uh, machine learning AI, you know, engine, and then write my own engines and, you know, 110 million properties and valuing them thousands of different ways takes a massive amount of processing. And so, you know, I came up with this whole concept of, uh, creating a grid of computers and, you know, dicing up the work and, you know, it's kind of a map reduce, uh, on my own. And so, you know, in 2005, I had to go out and buy the hardware to be able to do that. And, and so, you know, I pulled out, checkbook and you know wrote and spent 30 grand on a bunch of dell hardware and enough you know disk to be able to you know store it and if you went over you know um what was i forget the limit but it it wasn't much maybe six gig or something like that you know once you went over it be it became hundreds of thousands of dollars you had to spend instead of thirty thousand dollars and you know in today's world you spin up uh EC2 instance of whatever you want, whatever size you want, you try it out for an hour, see how it performs, shut it down. You're done. Isn't it beautiful though? Oh my gosh. It's crazy. I, I mean, it. the first business that um, we, we basically did fast fail on, it was this uh, business, you know, to your point of going out and trying out, out the message it was this company called independent nation where, you know, this uh, friend of mine had the concept of going out to the, um, the political world and um, getting in front of, you know, politicians and, and coming up with messages that you could craft that um, and, and then get a message to a specific audience of people. And, you know, it was a great concept because, you know, the swing voters were, were really the, the whole, um, they were, they were deciding the vote every time. It wasn't the registered, you know, one side or the other. So, um, you know, it was how, how can we provide informed information from politicians directly to the people who cared about specific issues? It was a great, you know, it was a great concept. You know, how, how do you really provide good, valuable information of what you want to know about a politician? And so, you know, we spun up uh, EC2 instances, developed the whole, I uh, developed the whole thing. We went out and demoed it to a bunch of people. Um, and, uh, you, you know, he, he kept asking me, well, how much is this costing? I mean, these demos are amazing. You know, we're able to, we were able to say, okay, before you walk through this neighborhood, uh, these are the homes you want to stop by. And we showed it to him on a map and it was way ahead of its time. And, uh, 
I'm like, oh, don't, don't worry about it. You know, I'll, I'll cover the, you know, computing costs. And, you know, it was literally an EC2 instance, spin it up, you know, for, for our demos, shut it down after, um, and, and, you know, the end result was that, uh, politicians could never make a decision when we, we actually, um, had a, uh, a number of politicians lined up who were in positions where they, um, it was going to be the swing vote that was going to hundred percent decide. Uh, they wanted us to get to, you know, specific groups of people. we we were able to find those groups of people they, and they could not write a message to that group. Oh, that'll offend this group. That'll offend that group. That'll. So, you know, they, they couldn't do it after a whole bunch of time, um, you know, of, of really investigating it, talking to these politicians, we just shut it down. There's no cost. No startup costs, no shutdown costs. Okay, we we proved it out. Didn't work. Yeah, now now they have the Facebook. They can like micro target and bucket everybody into these real group, real small groups, and they can adjust their messaging accordingly. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, that, huh, yeah, that's a good point. That's exactly what we yeah, were trying I, to I was, I was involved in like that project that for uh, uh, politicians micro targeting. Awesome. I'm trying to say the least amount as possible. <laughs> I, I understand. I you know what? You get what you know. I just, that's not We're such, just too like, divided. Yeah, it's way too divided. I was I was participating in um, segmenting messaging based on attributes, and that was the project. Right. It's awesome. Yeah, but it was interesting because it was exactly what you're. It's like you're just ahead of your time, Brad. We were. Yeah, we just need Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, this is great. It was so great meeting you and talking with you today, Brad. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, same here. Uh, so if people want to find out more about you, how would they do that? Uh, a few ways. Send me an email. Uh, my email is <laughs> brownb at onimata.com. They can uh, find me on LinkedIn. I've got a blog that I haven't really kept up to date lately, but Bradley D. Brown. Great. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.